Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Brian Minnick, Chief Operating Officer of Zero Bounce. Zero Bounce is a leading online email validation system created to ensure that companies sending complex and high-volume emails avoid deliverability issues. The system works by reducing and eliminating invalid, abuse, complaint, inactive, and spam trap email addresses. Brian graduated from Nova Southeastern University with a Bachelor's of Applied Science with a concentration in computer information systems. He brings over 10 years of operations and system administration to Zero Bounce. Brian's portfolio consists of developing KPIs, streamlining processes, and scaling systems to support business growth. This has allowed Zero Bounce to take it to the next level. Brian's role at Zero Bounce is to develop systems that help support IT, customer support, sales, and operations. He enjoys engaging in complex situations and providing relief by delivering simple solutions. And today, we are honored to have him on the podcast. So, Brian, thank you so much for being here today, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Drew. Yeah. So, typically, we're interviewing the founders of the company. Today, we're honored to be talking to the chief operating officer of this company. And so, for you, I want to take a little more uh, personal approach and just ask you, when did you join this company and, and what was the reason behind that? Sure. So I joined Zero Balance at the end of 2018, I think literally the last day. Um, wow. And the reason behind it was, you know, I was in a, uh, in a medium-sized business and with a lot of people, and I constantly felt uh, some, some boundaries and, and hurdles to really accomplish goals and visions that I saw. And so when I was presented with the opportunity at Zero Balance, it was not out looking, but it's, it, it piqued my interest. And when I, when I really dug into the business... <clears throat> I really started to notice that this is something that's just started. I mean, this is not even evolved yet. This is a this is an upcoming uh, you know piece of technology. And for me, I've been in technology and marketing my whole life. So it was mm. it was again another perfect fit. And you know, one of the questions I asked was, <clears throat> "Are you going to let me do what I want to do?" And the answer was, "That is the answer. That's the question I've been looking for." And so. Yeah. Uh, it, from there, it was it was a no brainer to me. It was all right. It's time to pack up and it's time to to move over to zero bounce. And so, uh, how old was the company at that time? It was um it was almost two years old. However, only about a year in the market. So about a year of development, and then a, about a year in the market with really kind of not a lot of organization and structure, just a lot of um you know throwing things against the wall. What did the team look like at that point? Like. Was there five people, 15 people? What was the, so it was, yeah, it was a decent size. We, 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 from day one had 24 seven support. Okay. Uh, and so I have 12 people running, running around the clock on support. Uh, we had a couple developers and a couple sales guys. And, uh, you know, that was, that was really it, but it was very siloed, you know, not a lot of cross communication, just a lot of people heads down trying to yeah. figure everything out. And so it was, it was total startup mode growth mode, you know, everything was just focused on, you know, trying to accomplish their, their day-to-day tasks and, and keeping up with everything. I'm curious when you, when you enter a business at that stage of development and of growth, where's your head at? Like, how are you thinking yeah. the best way for you to enter that scene and, 
and contribute? Are you getting a lay of the land first? Are you looking to make a splash right away? You know, sure. what, what are you, what are you thinking when you come into a business at that stage? Yeah. So uh, really good question. Um, immediately, I think within 24 hours, my first day, I remember going home that night going, I'm going to rip this thing apart. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take this and I'm going to rebuild it and do it. You know? So I, I immediately knew there was low hanging fruit to me. However, the rest of the company didn't already see that. And so I was like, okay, this, you know, there's a lot of areas to, to kind of clean up, uh, start communicating across those different systems. And so I actually said to, uh, to our CEOs who, who is the original founder and said, Hey, there's a lot of things I want to do, but I'm going to give it a week and just make sure I didn't miss something, misinterpret something, you know, come to a conclusion, assume any of those type of things. And he said, can you wait two weeks? I just want to, you know, he kind of want to double down on that. And I said, no problem. And I think by day three, I was like, is there any reason I can't do this? Like, let's cut this two week guideline down to like a three day. I'm like, is there any reason I can't do this? And they're like, well, do you, you know, is that what you want to do? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think within the first week, I created a, a multi-tiered support system with experts uh, and, and, a, and a, you know, channeling system to let them escalate and, um, you know, and I, I just started to play people's strengths. And that was something that I think uh, we really could have used. So instead of everybody trying to do everything, it was break them up a little bit, put everything, you know, and play people's strengths. Don't put them in a position to fail. Have yeah. them pass it over. Uh, then let them learn from what they just passed over. So kept them in the chain, the whole ticket, uh, and really just started to, you know, pass to the right people so they could act quickly, but also educate where they weren't sure what to do. And so that was within the first week already started, you know, ripping that apart and, and putting that together and then held a training. Wow. Show them what they did. Now, how did you already, how did you already have a sense of, of whose strengths were where? So uh, good question. But so we are, because we're kind of small in the way that we, we've operated, we are very, very big on speed. And by speed, I mean, obviously the platform, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the efficiency and the people side. So if something's happening, our whole team knows about it in about two minutes. You know, mm. we're, you know, there's Slack and Skype and all those kind of good messaging channels. Yeah. And so whenever things were happening in the support team, I could see who was answering the question. And I'm like, okay, so this guy's techie. Okay, this guy's more nurturing, right? So when I have a problem ticket with an unhappy customer, I'm going to give it to the nurturer. Uh, when there's a technical problem, API isn't working how they expect it. I'm going to give it to the tech guy. And so that's what I really just started doing. I really, I, I talked to everybody for about 30 minutes, every yeah. person in the company. It was almost day one. Uh, day one, day two was talking to everybody and understanding the product. I already knew the product before I went into the before I started day one. So just that's how I am. I mean, yeah. I signed up for an account. I started using the product. Uh, I went in there with a, with a pretty good understanding of how everything was, you know, from a customer perspective. Yep. So yeah, I just, I just tried to identify and then, you know, conquer, conquer the, the gaps that I saw and really clean things up. And the feedback I got actually very quickly from the whole team was, wow, this is so much less chaotic. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's the part that I, that I, I think you unknowingly skipped over because you you have like a, an unconscious competency in this, but before you started making any suggestions, you were learning first, even though it, it was very fast, Absolutely. you took the time to familiar yourselves with the product, with the people on the team, with what you even saw was currently happening and where the inefficiencies were versus some people come in and they just literally bring their ideas. Like, yep. this is how I've always done it this is how we're going to do it here. And it sounds like you took a much more um, 
re- reactive in a good way, not like a passive way, but reactive to like actually understanding this culture you're stepping in. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. And I would say I did both. Right. I, I think experience is very important. And I think, For sure. exper- you know, experience cuts major time off of, of the learning process. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I try to take a healthy blend, right. Which is yeah. also how I did in the past may not always be the best. Right. And I don't know, I'm very, I try to be very humble. I try to be, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room and I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. What do these people know? They're in the business day to day. I'm here for a couple of days, you know, just be a sponge. And that's, yeah. that's really what I did. So walk me through your day. Um, show me the last five tickets you worked on. What was the major problem that you had on this? How come you couldn't resolve it in one step, you know, and just start kind of blasting Love these that. questions, which I knew was getting me to a path, but they're just, you know, and they're like, oh man, you should see it. This comes in every day. We get one of these and it always takes four days to resolve. Okay. Like, let's take, <laughs> let's take a second, talk about it. And, yeah. you know, there has to be, a, I, I, even when I think I've done something perfect, I actually do believe there's still a better way. And so- sure. You know, I always just, I'm constantly, uh, I guess what you're saying is unconsciously, yeah, but exactly. mentally I'm going towards paths of kind of efficiency and scale. So yep. coming from larger organizations, I, I not only had to understand scale, I had to develop scale. Yeah. And so coming into a startup that is very lean, very mean, which I love. I mean, that, that's me. Um, yeah. I don't have a team behind me that sets up systems. I set the systems up. Um, and so you know, it was really just, just such a natural fit for me. And it was just very exciting to, uh, to really be part of and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think my guess is that it is an unconscious competence. It meaning like it's something you're actually very good at and intuitive, mm-hmm. but you don't, you're not putting conscious thought into it. It's like, again, to me, I almost think about it being like, um, how successful an organ or a limb transplant is going to be right. Sure. There's that, there's that period of like, if we do this well, the body will accept it if this doesn't go right, the body will reject it. And even though it was successful at first, eventually the body kind of rejects that outside thing that's being put into it. And I'm looking at you going like, well, they accepted it. So you did, you had to do some things right, even interpersonally for, for them to receive an out, a a new voice joining the team and making changes within three days. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and also a big part of this, which I just think is, you know, you kind of bring some light to it is I remained vulnerable during this time, right? Mm. The, the, imagine you're, put, I, I put myself in the shoes of everybody I interviewed and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, they all think they're getting fired or oh man, yeah. they all think here's the efficiency guy. He's going to start chopping and chipping. And yeah. I, I literally <laughs> did it the opposite way. It was like, what makes your day bad? You know, what, what causes you frustration during your day? Not, oh, I bet I could do that in six hours instead of eight. You know, yeah. that's, it's that you don't go anywhere. You don't grow that way. You grow by enabling people. And, you know, even to this day, I have such strong relationships with the team members because they trust me and I trust them. You know, they have my back. I have their back. It's always yeah. been that way. And I don't think you can grow and scale without that. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that the, that I work for our people and not, not the other way around. You know, I believe that if I'm supporting them and enabling them, you know, they will, ha- they will always have the company's back and they'll always have the people's back. And, you know, it's really kind of how we've gotten here uh, is a lot of trust, uh, a lot of raise your hand, something's wrong. Let's just talk about it. You know, don't yeah. feel, sometimes people are embarrassed, um, whatever it might be. And what's super important is to create that comfort relationship with those people to say, 
it's okay. Like, you know, let's just talk about it. Let's, yeah. let's see if there's resolution. You have a perspective. I have a different perspective and bring in people around you that also might be in touch with the problem. So, um, Super it, cool. it is, yeah. And a big piece of why we've grown, there's no doubt in my mind, uh, that's part of it. Well, I'm smiling because when you bring up the, oh man, here comes the efficiency guy. I can't help but thinking of the movie office space. Did you ever see <laughs> office space oh, yeah. when the yep. two bobs, the two bobs yep. come in <laughs> and everybody's freaking out about their, yeah. their meeting with the bobs. Yes. And you know, it's, but it's real, you know, yeah. as I, as I evolved in my career, one thing I never let go of was where I came from. Right. And I think as leaders, that is so important. You can't let go and just forget that day you walked into work with the random meeting that showed up on your calendar and you're like, Oh, yeah. What's that? Yeah. You know, and, and if you're the guy who's now setting that meeting, it's important to have a communication layer that's like, this is, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Come with ideas. Don't come with fear, come with ideas, come with. And so that's a, that's culture to me. That is making sure you have a strong culture and you know, we're not perfect. I'll be the first one to tell you, we're not perfect, but I think we have kind of principles that, that lay these types of things out, which is open communication, uh, submit your ideas. You know, we try to do different things. We've done, uh, you know, innovation ideas. We've, we've done a hackathon idea, you know, because we have a lot of really smart people and that's, I'm sure we'll probably get into it here at some point, but um, you know, the people around you is what makes the business successful. There's no one person, you know, unless you're a LeBron James, you are the show, even him, he needs even people he. around him to win a yeah. championship. He doesn't yep. need it to win a, win a highlight reel, but he needs it for a championship. And so that's kind of I think how we think about the businesses. Yeah, he talked about that once where uh no, it was actually the documentary the the last dance with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Where Phil Jackson challenged him, do you want to win a scoring title or do you want to win a, a a championship? Yep. And he was like, I want to win a championship. And he's like, all right, we're going to have to like play team ball then. Like we have right. to learn the strengths of the other people, we're going to have to play together versus you just Absolutely. being the superstar, right? It makes yep. me also think of uh Project Aristotle, right? That that thing they did at Google where they were trying to figure out what makes a team high performing. And they did kind of at scale tests amongst all their teams at Google. And one of the things they found was what they would call psychological safety. That the teams that felt like they could share, they could get criticism, feedback, or feedback, and yep. they weren't afraid to give feedback or receive it. Those teams outperformed even the higher IQ in quotes, but the higher IQ teams. Um, and that sounds like what you guys are seeing there as well. That trust, that yep. psychological safety, like I can share, I can point out something or I can ask a question. I don't just have to play it safe and play it small and not get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How Absolutely. have you guys, how have you guys gone about developing that culture? Like in one sense, it makes, it sounds nice to have values like that. Open communication, bring your ideas, but how do, how do you make it real? Yeah. And this is the toughest part, right? Executing, yeah. taking a thought, and turn it into a, a, a executable plan that not only you understand as the leader, but your team is on the same page that, yeah. you know, I, I use this with my support team all the time. You can't be like this with a customer. You have to be, you know, you know, head on with the problem, not you're looking at the foot and they're looking at your shoulder to see the problem. It's mm. you have to be looking at things on the same page. And so um, we've done a few things. Some of them are creating uh, daily standups, especially as we went to remote. Uh, that was something that I found, you know, so increased communication is important and cross communication. This, this can't just be, um, you know, an, a 
upstream communication. There has to be downstream, which is I think sometimes what, what leaders forget is the downstream. Um, so we do something like that with each team. So every team is doing something. Now we have the managers and the managers are all meeting together. So it's creating that cross stream. Um, and then what we also have is uh, one-on-ones with every single team member. And we do that once per month. And it's, it's, you know, really their meeting to talk about anything, whether, you know, we're talking about their performance, but we're also talking about, you know, what are things that you want to accomplish? What worked for you? What, what do you need to be, you know, to get to a level that you're trying to get to, you know, what are your goals? It, it's just so important to create. And that's what I think opens up that comfort layer too, yeah. is, you know, I've had communications with people and talks and they're like, right. I really want to be, a, you know, a, a rock guitar player, you know, that's really what I want to do. And I'm like, wow. okay, you know, that's, uh, what does that have to do with zero bounce? What does that have to do with email validation? Right. And so as, <clears throat> as I've seen in the past and I put myself here, uh, you try to talk to that, you try to try to have a conversation with that about your, with your manager and they're immediately like, okay, so how does this, how does this work with validation? <laughs> what right, is this right. going to do to a, your KPI, your bottom line, right? You can't think like that. There's a person opening it up to you. So they have comfort. And, you know, I would turn that and say, okay, you know, so what's your goal for this? Is it hobby? Is it career? You have a band? Um, and he's like, no, no, you know, more hobby, I do it on the weekends. So support that person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, with people running marathons for cancer and it's like, okay, let's donate, right. Let's donate to their cause and let's yeah. help do that. So, you know, it's, it's not easy. You have to be paying attention. You need multiple layers so that if you don't catch something, someone else probably does, but uh, to me, it's all about communication, comfort, um, and really just creating that safe environment for people to voice their ideas. And, you know, the question or the statement, um, no such thing as a dumb, dumb question. I just, I don't believe in that methodology, but I do believe in the, uh, because to be fair, and I don't know if you believe me here, or trust this, but I do think there actually are dumb questions. Of course. Um, and so, you know, to say that, like, when you say that though, you actually, I think, are putting up a wall for people because yeah. now they're like, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Uh, what time is it, right? That's a dumb yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> if you have a blog in front of you, so, you know, it's it's gotta be the other way around. Like, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your ambitions? What, yeah. if I put this on your plate today regarding our company, how does this make you feel, right? Yeah. And and you have to know, you have to know your team, right? That's yeah. That's what I think creates culture. It's not, it's not your policy. It's not your HR handbook. It's not your, you know, general overview of company benefits. It's, Hey, my daughter's in the hospital and we're sending flowers to you and we're checking to make sure how you are. You have all the time you need, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. That's culture to me. Yeah. Um, it is not your policies. It's not your, it's your framework, but it's not your policies. And so mm. You know, you have to, when you're small, it's easier to accomplish this. When you're larger, I think it obviously gets much tougher. It gets pressure when you're, Yeah. And I just think it's so important. It's, you can't be a hundred percent, especially as a leader, you can't be a hundred percent on growth, 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 growth only because the people who are actually going to grow your company, are the ones around you. Yeah. You need to enable them. Uh, you know, if you can multiply yourself 20 times, who's going to grow faster, you or 20 of you. So, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the way that, that we try to think. I wonder if you saw this at all, but you know, I'm this podcast we're, we're, we're interviewing all fast growing companies, right? So everyone on yeah. here has been on the Inc 5,000 list and the last 
week, I was talking to a founder who loves his people, but he said COVID actually was the thing that helped him see that he had overlooked his people's health. Basically they're like, they got so caught up in a growth cycle. Yep. It wasn't until COVID forcing things to slow down and look internally that he was like, Oh man, like I had been burning through people to support yep. the growth of the business yep. instead of supporting my people so that the business grows. Right. Yes. And it was a really, it was hard for him to see at first, but then he, he was grateful because he could, he could shift. Right. Yep. And I think that's the hard part is like sometimes instead of enabling our people, like really serving them well, and then trusting that they will serve the business, we end up using them as fuel for the machine. <laughs> like, yep. we just kind of toss people at it and their, their energy, their time, whatever, just like you kind of toss them in as, as rocket fuel. Right. Yep. And, and you spend all this time getting someone to be, you know, put them in, massaging them into the right place and, and training them. And, you know, they're, they have experience. It's really hard to replace that. Right. The, the, yeah the experience and the knowledge they've learned in, in the business, especially on the sales or support team. I mean, no one from support can just walk on and be a rock star on your business. They need repetition. They need, yep. you know, see all this stuff. And so, yeah, I just think it's, it's so incredibly important. Uh, another example is we weren't doing any sort of team events or team building or any of that things. Um, and one of the first things I started doing was I was like, cool. So do we go to like happy hours or anything like that? And they're like, no, uh, we just, and we really do work 24 seven. When I say that, I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, we operate internationally. I have a 24 seven support team, my sales team, while they're not, let me, actually, let me rephrase this. We're not, we don't require anyone to work 24 seven. It is kind of just how it works because I think number one pandemic has really shifted a lot of people home and there's a lot, a lot of stuff to do uh, other than work, but um, it's really kind of, we enable them and they, they almost want to, and I find myself saying, hey, you know, you should take a week off, go take a vacation because I know it, right? I, I mean, you, if you don't know that your best teammate is about to burn out because they've just been grinding and grinding and grinding, you know, put something in front of their face, dangle, dangle vacation, dangle, you know, hey, have you got, you know, it, I, it's very hard to say because you have to have it on a per person basis. Right, right. But this goes back to learning and knowing your team, right? So if I know someone as big in the animals, you know, hey, have you thought about going and volunteering for a day? You can have the day off paid, go volunteer at an animal shelter for a day, something like that. I mean, that is a recharge that people don't even think about on their own. And especially in times like this, you know, you have to, that is a leader's job to me. It is to point the ship and, and to have the people behind you, right? Yeah. And to, to have the, not just behind you, but actually in front of you too. Yeah, uh, it is not your, you know, stick your neck out for them and then they'll stick their neck out for you. And really, I think we've done a pretty good job at, at trying to create that. That's awesome. I have a curious question, just playing around with the culture piece. Sure. Um, I often like to know, given on a culture, given on a company, what they value, you know, what are the non-negotiables? What's the quickest way to get fired if I'm if I work for you? And what's the quickest way to get <laughs> what's the quickest way to get celebrated? Like, sure. Um, well, we are huge on data, data privacy and security. So doing something very careless with data mm. is just, uh, you know, it is very hard to overcome. Yeah. Um, I would argue if we didn't do the right training, if we didn't, you know, support you and knowing what to look for and how to handle things, then it's on us. Uh, but if you've been trained and you, you know, our drill and you don't handle data the way that you're expected to handle it, it's, it's, 
it's kind of a non-negotiable for us. But is that because um, it, it, it so puts the customer and the company at risk? Yeah, I'd and imagine. also it's just it's just it's our core value is is around security and it's you know for our customers and the product. And so yeah. you know you can't say one thing to your customers and then not take it seriously on the back end, right? It's just yeah. that's not fair to your customers. That's not fair to the rest of the team. Um, and you shouldn't talk about it then, right? You shouldn't say you're passionate about security and then you're over here just firing away files to, you know, <laughs> random things and you're like, hey, download it and do what you want with it. It's, no. Yeah. Um, and so for us, yeah, it's, it's probably not the only non-negotiable, but it's one of the ones that certainly comes immediately to mind. Cool. What about on the, uh, what's the quickest way to get, to get noticed in that, in that culture? And I don't mean like attention seeking, but like the thing that yeah. you, if you saw it, you'd be like, I want to celebrate that because I want more people doing that. Yeah. So um, I love this question because it's the question that if I hope if, if people, you know, employees and just, you know, your, your average and grinding worker hears this, I really hope you, I really actually hope this person hears it. Um, for me, it's, it's when you have so many either ideas or things that you want. And so sometimes people don't realize that wants are actually ideas. <clears throat> like, mm. you know, I want to sell more. Well, I really want this landing page with a PDF behind it because I know it'll help me sell more. If those people are not busting down your door, your email box, however you want to think about it, kind of demanding things, this is, to me, shows me that this is the person I want because they will not settle for uh, just normal, right? Yeah. They want, we, we already have normal. What yeah. they want is more than normal. And so I can put this into so many snares because I've seen it. Um, ads. If someone's doing ads for us, right? And it's like, here's your budget. I expect them in a, in a month to go, I need more budget. Well, what do you need it for? Because I want to do this, this, and this. You know, scream for budget. Scream for projects. Scream for... yeah you know, change because ultimately, um, you don't, you know, there's not one idea that explodes your company. I don't, I don't know one company that's exploded because of a singular idea and they executed on that. It is, it is a huge bag full of ideas that come together and turn into product. Right. And so I look for people that are you know, trying to put flowers in that vase, right? And they're trying to really turn it into something that will grow. Um, and it, it's just not everyone will do that. And so if you if you are that person and you're holding yourself back, I would argue you're either in the wrong company or you don't have the right leader in front of you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, don't wait on those things. Those are things, if you get fired for screaming that you want more, you're in the wrong company. And yeah. you shouldn't be, you know, they're not enabling you and yeah. you should be in a place that allows you to, to be enabled where your natural, you know, ability goes, which is if it's ideas, then you should be able to execute on them. There's nothing yeah. worse than ideas that you can't ever do anything with because the people around you did nothing. Stifle them. Yeah. 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 Man, it's so interesting because most, most people assume that I'm here just to babysit a process or to not screw things up. Yep. Yet in a growing culture, we're like, no, we're here for you to contribute. Like, yes, come on, like bring everything you got. Like uh, one of our core values, especially as a smaller company is be brilliant. And we said it's both a standard. So we run a coaching practice where we do people and talent development for companies. 
And it's like, hey, people are paying us to come in, so we better be brilliant. Like, you know, like we yeah. better come in and like really serve the client. So it's an expectation, but it's also an invitation where we're saying, don't ever play it small for someone else's benefit. Like bring your ideas, challenge my ideas as the CEO. Like come in, yeah. man. Like we want you to be brilliant. Don't play it small. Don't play it scared because we can do something with your ideas. We can't do anything with you not bringing your gifts or your your talents yep. or your ideas to the table, right? It's very similar to you guys. Um, man, I love that. And it creates problems, of course, but it creates yep. better problems than the problems you get yep. without them bringing that, right? Yeah. One of the uh, one of the things I've had zero bounces and my, me and my CEO, we constantly, we talk every day. This is another cross-communication every day, probably an hour a day. And it's, um, we're constantly talking about like, we should change this. And then that sometimes we both say like, why, right? Well, because we've been doing it for too long for the same way. There's probably a better way. We should take a look at it, revisit it and let's see. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's all about these little ideas. When, when I think of the growth, it's always these little ideas. And uh, my CEO actually puts it the best way. He says to me, Brian, if you have a thousand good little ideas, it's exponentially powerful. If you have one good idea, it might change the business by 5%. That's an amazing idea that changed five or 10%. But when you have 20 one percenters, right? Yep. And you start, now you're, now you're, and remember, I, I believe in compounding, right? So you're 21 percenters, yep. it's really 25%. And then next year you have 20 more of those, right? And so it, it's really about, and I think a lot of people are trying to focus too many on, on this huge yep. unobtainable goal. And uh, it is good to have huge goals and to have your North star, right? Which is yep. one way I think about that, but you have to have milestones along the way and you have to celebrate, not just celebrate, celebrate the crap out of them. I mean, I have huge projects that, that we're working on right now and, and it's, everybody is involved, the entire team, you know, they have their different pieces of it. But when we hit these milestones, I mean, I want to send champagne to everybody. I want to, yeah. you know, it's, it's challenging right now. We were used to all being in an office, but, um, you know, I really want to celebrate these things and, and everybody should get that same level of satisfaction and feeling, not just the leader. Right. And, yeah. and if you're folk, if you don't think, you know, when you accomplish a large project, that feeling of satisfaction that you get when it's complete and done, let's say the right way, that feeling should actually be in every person of the project yeah and you need to know that they actually got that same feeling as you if they just were like cool it's done next um i would say as a leader you're doing it wrong you need yeah. to take a step back and say hey man that was like amazing look what you did look what we accomplished here's what the projected results are how do you feel you know the one thing i've learned and I, i'm so passionate about is trying to understand how people feel not how they think. Think is executing. Feeling is what drives people to to go somewhere, right? Sure, to do sure. something and believe in something. And so if you can, um, and it's important to realize that how people think can't be changed, sorry, how people feel cannot be changed. Your feeling is your feeling. And yeah. you know, why you feel that way is why you need to actually understand your team, uh, what drives them. So yeah. They need, they need that same sort of feeling. It shouldn't just be about the leader or the CEO or the owner or your, you know, investor gets right. this feeling. It should be, it should be down to every single person in the organization as, as far as I'm concerned. And 
your job as a leader to get them there. So good. It makes me think of the last place I worked before I went off on my own, which was a great experience. My, my boss is actually at the time was one of my best friends. So I have utmost respect for him. But one of the things that he, he, he knowingly or now knowingly didn't do well is he was amazing at rallying the team to like go charge a hill and go take the hill. Right. But then once we got there, it was about an hour of well done. And then we were already on to the next hill. And after a while we had to tell him like, man, the team needs some celebration and some, 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 take some time to see like, what did we, like you said, what did we accomplish? How did that feel? What does that mean for the business before we go ahead and just charge the next one? Uh, Because you get exhausted instead of energized. Like this could be a moment to the energize the team where they're even more excited for the next challenge. But if you keep skipping past the celebration, then it actually Mm -hmm. slowly drains you. They're like, Oh, another thing to go do we just we just yep. did this one right yeah we, hopefully we've all actually experienced that i think that's important and i experienced that when i was first starting um so my background's in tech i was actually a programmer and i started to really like people and business and so that's mm. why i moved into operations for tech companies and it was like this just perfectly fit you know career path for me and so cool. um but i do remember and especially when I was, I mean, I was young, I was grinding and it was, Hey, Brian, can you accomplish this? Gotcha. You know, and I did it. And then it was thanks. And here's the next one. Yes. I'm like, okay. Okay. Gotcha. A hundred times later, I didn't want to submit anymore. You know, I really <laughs> did it. It was just like, well, if I do this slower, can I get, can I build in breathers? Yes. If you have to build in breathers as an employee. It's broken. Something's broken and a leader needs to see that. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. You have to celebrate. And sometimes celebrate is, it. you know, what does that mean? And I think sometimes you need to know your team for that. Yeah. It's not always about a party. It's not always about, you know, maybe it's a bonus. Maybe it's a spot bonus that just weren't expecting. And you don't even know what that maybe did for them in the background, what they're going through personally. Exactly. But if you do hear them and you do know them and you know, maybe they're struggling with something and they accomplish something, give them a little spot bonus. You know, why not support them and um, you know, just show that you're there. Right. And yeah. so sometimes it's an award. Sometimes it's a happy hour. Sometimes it's a, um, you know, look at this, like, you know, look what you've done and, and we're going to track it and give you some updates on it. But I just think it's, it's so incredibly important to be paying attention to your team. Uh, yes. Celebrate. Oh. Super cool, man. I'm, I'm inspired by you. Uh, this is awesome. I want to shift just real quickly as we're taking different looks at the business yeah. And you mentioned your relationship with the CEO mm-hmm. and I, I'm just, those, those relationships are either rocket fuel in the best way, right? Like mm-hmm. the yin has found the yin or there are sources of pain for both people. And it sounds like this is a, a positive thing. This is a healthy thing. And so yep. we'd just love to know a little bit about that, that dynamic and how someone else, a founder is listening to this, who's thinking about bringing on a, a chief operating officer or somebody like that, like, what have you seen that's really helped that relationship? And maybe are there examples or even if it's not personal examples of how that could go a different way? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would, I would definitely say that, you know, there's a yin and a yang there. Um, and what I have found is sometimes you need to push, you need to have healthy conversation, right? Yeah. If it's your friend at the bar and he's like, I'm you know, going to go down a bad path. Wouldn't you tell him like, Hey man, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. 
and you should, uh, I would do that with my friends. So that's, that's yeah. my personality, but I'll also do that with my CEO and he'll do it to me too. Right. He'll be like, Hey, I understand you're passionate about this, but let's look past, get past the feeling here. And let's go a little bit step past that where I couldn't get out of it. Right. Maybe it's my idea and I'm passionate about it. Yeah, and too precious. It. Yeah. You know, and, and you can get somebody that says, you know, it helps you get past it or vice versa. You come with an idea and then you didn't really execute on it because you weren't that passionate about it or it wasn't a priority. And it's like, remember that idea you talked about? Uh, why don't we do this? Or even better, and this actually happened the last few weeks, I came with an idea, random one, just came off the top of my head. I'm like, hey, I want to start, I want to release a new product, a, a piece of product for zero amount. And he was like, oh man, that sounds kind of complicated. And I'm like, no, it won't be complicated. It'll be complicated to get it but it won't be complicated to execute once we get it. So I talked to him about it and he's like, okay, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get this on priority, but probably later in the year. Two weeks later, hey, the product's almost ready and it's an amazing idea. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Mm. I mean, <clears throat> you know, talk about throwing energy into somebody. Yeah. Slap them with a project that they had the, the idea for and then you did half the work that they couldn't accomplish, right? I'm not in our database as an example, right? I can't do the database work that might need to get done. Um, and so, boom, here it is. It'll be ready. You know, everything will be ready next week, but it's a working version for you right now. And we launched a product in three and a half weeks. Wow. Right. And now this product is actually pretty successful and I'm doubling down on it. So, you know, I'm going to throw a bunch more of the kind of supporting ideas around it to, to embrace it and, and get it, get it further out into market. But um, I would just say, you got to be brutally honest with each other. But you can't lose respect. That I think is, is super important. So um, you have to be respectful on both sides. And someone's asking you, and you know, people are going to be put in positions that they need things done sometimes very quickly. And for both of us, we are always, we'll just act on it. doesn't matter mm -hmm. time of day. It uh, doesn't matter what's going on. We'll just kind of get it done. And so I think that's really, and I've, I've experienced both sides of this where, you know, even coming up in my career, I've experienced the two leaders or three leaders and you know that everyone, they all hate each other. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can just see, you can feel You're it. You're trying to you pretend, know. but you know it. The, 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 the company can be on mute and you know these three people <laughs> don't get along, right? And yeah. so um, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very hard to get three leaders to really think alike. But, um, you know, and think alike is the wrong way. The wrong yeah. saying here. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. be cohesive, right? Yeah. I don't think the same way my CEO does. And in a sense, I don't think he thinks like I do, but when he needs something, he'll talk to me and maybe I have an idea or vice versa, or two ideas combine into like probably the path we should take. Yeah. So I don't know, be vulnerable to you, to your, with your leadership teams. I'm the first one to say, guys, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to answer this. You can call on me. I'm not going to answer it. This isn't <laughs> what I do. Not like why, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and yeah. vice versa. If you're not called on, but you should, should have been called on speak up, you know, you have a voice, you have a, a, an opinion, you're there for a reason. And so, um, you know, thankfully in my career, I've had a lot of, uh, different mentorships and, and leadership training and things of yeah. that nature. And what has always resonated to me is the managers talking about all the problems they have. And they're always saying, who's going to fix it. And they're always like, they look up. You know, it's always the top guy, the CEO, the, the owner, whoever. No, it's management. And whether your management is second level or the top level, that's who everyone's looking at to, to, yeah, to fix their the direct problem. leader. Yeah. 
and you know don't don't ignore it you gotta you gotta come with solutions and so if you don't know the answers what is that what is that management layer for you guys right now how how big is the company where where is those centers of influence at the size you're at right now yeah so we have um we have an executive leadership team which would be a cto ceo myself uh and a security officer chief security officer um and we're talking about everything you know new product, new, uh, what's going on. And one of the topics on that, which is important. And if you don't have this on your agenda for executive meetings, you should is, is our, is our team employee updates. What's going on? Did someone have a birthday? And it, yeah, everything, headlines. everything needs to come up. Did, did someone have a problem? Did a laptop break? You know, whatever it might be. I have so many people I've seen that won't raise their mouth because they have a bad laptop because they're scared that, Oh, they didn't have this in the budget. They're going to think I broke it. I don't care if you threw it against the wall. Mm, yeah. I take that back. I do care. <laughs> but if you, you know, moved it on your desk and you dropped a cup on it and water got on it and it fried the right side of your keyboard, I don't think you did that on purpose. I don't think anyone's malicious. You know, speak up. I, this happened on Friday to me. Someone woke up, laptop's not working. 11 o'clock a.m. I'm in a parking lot meeting the guy, swap a laptop out. You know, you gotta be, these people have to be comfortable. And I've seen it the other side where they'll just take their phone. Yeah, yeah. Their phone because they're trying to mask what's really going on. Your culture's broken. If yeah. that's what's happening, your culture's broken, you know. And you should be able to invest in people. So if you don't budget for that too, you need Yeah, it's kind of like if you if your kids make a mistake and they can't come to you and say I messed up. You know something's it doesn't mean you're a bad parent, but it's like something is off that they yeah. didn't trust you to come and say, "Hey, I made a mistake. Can you help me fix it?" right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the ultimate compliment, right? When someone Absolutely. will actually come to you and tell you that there's a real problem. The problem is my daughter knows that now and she uses it against me. <laughs> so <laughs> my eight-year-old yeah. is smart, dude. She's going to be a lawyer or a CEO or something. Yeah, nice. My eight-year-old come and, and volunteer. Hey, here's what I, he's like. Hey, I hit, I hit, I hit my brother. I was like, uh, all right. Well, she's like, but I told you about it. Like I came and I told you about it. I was like, yep. yes, kudos. Yep. Now we're still going to deal with the fact that you hit your brother. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Um, sorry, just to go back to your question. So there's yes. the executive leadership meeting that's once a week. Um, and then we formed kind of a management meeting, uh, which we're also now starting to talk about products. So the direction of the company, uh, but it's also touch, it, it's that cross, you know, cross channel communication of sales is doing this, marketing's doing this, dev is doing this. It, they're really kind of, you need to create that five-star pattern where, yeah. you know, everything will talk to each other at some point. Um, and from there, we do a, also a company meeting once per month. So that's kind of the three layers that I would say that we have. we kind of have four, but the top is the executive leadership meeting. Yeah. Uh, then we have the management meeting and product, which is where we're going with the business. Uh, and that's kind of where I'd like to put all my innovators, you know, the ones that are barking at the barking at the tree to get things done. That's you want to put those guys in a room, lock them in a room, serve them lunch and let them go at it. Yeah. Um, and then you have, we have a company meeting, which would include every single person in the company. Uh, it's reinforcing all these things that we're talking in the other meetings. And then I have that last layer, really two more layers, that team meeting with each team and their manager that's daily. And then that, that once per month, one-on-one -on -one with each team member and their, their manager. Uh, so for a small company, uh, it's probably the most, it, it's at least the minimal I think you should have. Um, yeah. and I've learned the more, I'm are not a big talking, meeting guy. Are we talking, are we talking, uh, at this point, 25 employees, 50, 75? 
Um, we have about 30 employees. And the okay. challenge with this is I have them in almost every time zone of the world. Oh, wow. And so I have an office in Europe with about 15 people there. Uh, we have an office in, here in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, California. I uh, now have a person in Chicago, a person, two people in Atlanta. Um, I have HR in Vegas. I mean, we have, we're all over the place as far as timing, but to that, you know, you have to bring this stuff all around and bring it together. So what we've learned is that it's not all about the people physically right next to you and location. It's actually about finding the right person, wherever that person might be. Yeah. Uh, if they're, you know, if they're passionate about your business, passionate about the space they play in or their role, um, I, I would challenge that don't let that be a reason not to hire somebody is because of where they live. Um, we're just in times where, you know, look at me and you, we could be in the same room, but we're exactly, you know, a great conversation and it's all, as long as you enable them, you know, make sure they have the right tools. So that's what we're doing. How in the world do you handle that time? That, that to me is the distance, distance isn't a problem. It's yep. the, the variation in, in time. Um, how have you guys navigated that where you might be on wildly different time zones? Yeah. So that one I would say has been pretty challenging and again, not perfect for, you know, I'm not saying we're perfect, but I think we do a pretty good job. So, um, so I manage directly our sales and support team. We kind of operate in a, in a 24 hour type mentality. Um, but what's really great is uh, my CEO, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a morning person cause I'm, I'm not. However, I can, I start my day early because I have kids and got to get them moving uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so I always take like that first, half of the day in a sense okay. so you know if if, if for the on, almost like more on call i don't want to say on call but if the fire alarm's going off at 11 a.m i'm going to be the one if i can to help resolve the matter right now on the flip side fire alarms going off at 2 a.m it's like it's like lunchtime for my ceo he's he's a night owl i'm a night owl too but i just i can't work 24 hours a day i try yeah. i can't <laughs> uh, and so we kind of have that crossover of um, and this kind of maybe goes on the, the, the yin and the yang thing, but, uh, that crossover of, uh, of making sure that we're kind of just, someone's always there. And so if you put something in our Skype chat, I mean, someone's going to respond to you in the company. I don't care what day or time it is. I don't care if it's Christmas day. We have people working. I mean, um, and because they want to as well. So, um, you know, it's been challenging, uh, working across basically a 12 hour time zone gap across the company. I mean, when someone's clocking in, in a sense, we don't clock, we don't punch right. it out. But when someone's clocking in, someone's clocking out and vice versa. Um, but we're just, uh, you know, we just kind of raise our hand. Hey, who's available, right? Yeah. Boom, there's a sales guy. What do you need? Oh, I got a customer who wants to get a phone call. Okay. What's his phone number? You know, and we'll call him right then and there. So uh, we just stay nimble, stay flexible, stay agile. And um that goes back to creating that environment where you're talking to your manager and you have the right meetings going on. So you can get that, that information kind of up, down, left and right. I love that, man. Um, man, this is so my, we could keep talking all day. My brain, I wrote down too many notes and I realized not <laughs> enough time. I'm like crap, I can't talk to him about all this. So we'll have to have you back sometime. Sure. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to the lightning round questions. Sure. These are five questions we have asked each of our guests on here. Starting with question number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be? Yeah, easy one for me. Um, don't be right, do the right thing, hmm. period, period. So 
and and this this was part of my first what I saw, um, especially when you're dealing with different cultures and different um, you know upbringings and things of that nature when you're working around the world. Sometimes people just want to be right too much, and it's just I, I do not believe the customer is always right. I will say that as well. We we have good customer, we have great customers, and we have some that are just problematic. But do the right thing. So customer has an issue, don't worry about who's right or wrong. Just get to the problem, solve it. And yeah. if it's on us, make it right, period. Uh, so for me, and I constantly say this on every one of my company meetings, I'm constantly saying, guys, what's the right thing to do? I hear you're emotional about it. I hear you're passionate about this, but what's the right thing to do? And, yes. and that's, that, that should bring you to your answer. And sometimes it's being wrong. Sometimes it's being right. Sometimes it's going above and beyond and giving the customer more than they, they deserve. Uh, but if it was the right thing to do, then that's what you should do. And so people trust people, people run companies, people buy from companies. So in my sense, people buy from people. Uh, you have to have that trust. And, and I think just doing the right thing creates that trust. Heck yeah. Oh, great message. I haven't heard it said that way. And I really like that. I'm going to remember that. Cool. Number two. What is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing a business? And whilst also, what was the worst? Yeah. So the best advice I would say is from my CEO. And I think I touched on it is not just that one idea that, that explodes the company. I think it's these, these little ideas. And if you combine enough of them and you get, you start pushing this thing down and snowballing those little ideas, that's when big things start to happen. And I would just tell you from firsthand experience that I've seen it work. Mm. Um, and I didn't used to think that way. I was big on the, I have it, you know, yeah. I have the idea, especially I was younger and, and less mature in the business world. I was like, I have the, idea. if we just do this, right. It's going to change and, everything. Yes. And sorry, but unless you're Apple or you're, and even them, you know, they didn't do just one thing. They, yeah. they sold it in one product, but they didn't do one thing. They did a lot of things and that's what really turned it. So, uh, focus on the small things. Don't push them to the side because they're small, especially when they're easy to accomplish. You know, do it. What, what's the worst that happens? You're going to go yeah. negative. Doubt it. You know, so that, that's one thing I would say is uh, the best advice I got. The worst advice is, um, wow, this one I really struggle with because, you know, I take the worst advice and I take the good out of it. It's just how I think. Yeah. So. I, I can't put my finger on the worst piece of advice I've ever gotten other than lie. I have been told that once to lie, to get a sale. And I actually got on the call and said, I'm not going to lie to you. This is what we do. And this mm. is how we can do it for you. And I, and I think I actually got myself in trouble with that one. And I didn't care because it went back to actually my core principle, which is yep. doing the right thing. Yep. And so the worst advice I would say I've ever received was to lie about something. And I, I, in a sense, my was like, am I going to do this? Like, really? Am I going to yeah. do it? And it, it challenged everything about me to a point where it woke me up, right? And it was like, this yeah. isn't to fight yourself on something. Then it's terrible advice is really how I feel. So that's uh, by far. Super cool. Terrible advice. That's been the most. So I asked these five questions just because I really would be curious over a huge data, data set what the, yep. what the answers always were. That's been the most curious one about that question is most people have answered it the way you did, which is they actually can't remember the worst advice. They've either intentionally forgotten it or they've, <laughs> or they've found yeah. the good advice. And like, it's just not in their, it's not in their easy to pull up recollection, you know? Yep. 
And that's yep. just curious to me. I don't know what to make of it yet, but I'm like, that's an interesting data point that has emerged for sure. Um, yeah. So you're right. On, you're right on par with the answer I'm used to getting at that point. Good. All right. Number three, good. what causes you the most stress or worry leading the organization? Uh, what causes me the most stress or worry? Um, making sure that I communicate properly. I think mm-hmm. as a, as a leader, you see things so much differently than the rest of your team. And what worries me is the, the learning lessons I've had along the way that I didn't communicate enough or that, you know, people, people need to know why, like you should be able to ask your team anything and they should be able to give you the why if they didn't, you should, you should take a step back and, and explain that because when you leave it to the end per, you know, the end user, whether that's your customer or your employee to answer why without your, you know, without support, uh, that's when I've seen things go, you know, boom, they go, they go down this path and, and you hear about it six months later yeah. and you're like, how did you get there? You know, like, yeah. what is it that I said or, or, and, and that what they always, they don't say this, but what I've picked out of it is it's not what you said. It's what you didn't say. Yeah. I and thought so, you meant this. Yes. And so, you know, it's just so important. I try to put myself in the shoe of everyone else. Right. And, if I don't know the why when I'm in your shoe, I'm going to, I'm going to say, here's why we're doing this. Yeah. Right? You actually use the word. Um, so, you know, so that's, that's my biggest fear is I think I communicated and I didn't, <laughs> and it comes back to bite me or I don't even want to say bite me because it's learning lessons haunt me is really yeah. the, the real, the real one where someone has this image that I've mysteriously created because I didn't say something that that's yeah. my, that causes me stress to be honest. My dad. So I got to watch my dad uh, more so in hindsight, because you don't know you're paying attention or even should be paying attention. But my dad was a business owner and a CEO um, of a medium sized company that he built from the ground up. And he would always tell me that the most, the most poignant leadership lesson he ever learned was with me in communication when he was teaching me at like, three, four years old or something to, to kneeboard, I think at the time. And mm-hmm. he had said, whatever you do, don't let go. And didn't like, tell me more about that. Like when to let go, when not to, I fell and I kept holding on and I, I was just dragging underwater. And I was like, I'm not letting go. Dad told me not to let go until finally he stopped the boat and even like got my attention and got me to like hit up. And he's like, I realize I didn't fully communicate. If yeah. you fall, you can totally let go, right? And Perfect he was example. like, man, how many times in my leadership have I said something like that that I thought was clear? And the person's like, this is what you told me to do. And they, they kind of go down into some path of pain. And he yep. said he literally went to work that week going like, I got to think about how I communicate. Like, I need to make sure people understand what I mean, why I'm saying it, what context this applies to and what context it doesn't apply to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, man, that's a hilarious lesson. <laughs> That's, that's, that's a remarkable example of not explaining the why or not, not seeing it all the way to the end. Of, exactly. That's, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That. So I've now taken that as like, I lived through it. I don't really remember it, but I've now taken it as just right. as like a parable. Like, Hey, you could tell someone to, to never let go. And that sounds like great advice in the moment, but you haven't thought through, well, what if they fall and they took you literally and they literally don't let go. You, you've now created a whole new mess of problems. Um, okay. Off of, 
my personal story time. And we're now to question number four. Okay. Question number four. What is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Yeah, for me, uh, because I run support and sales, um, I would say on the, on the, when I think about the sales perspective, it's to get to $100 million, um, in, in a year. And it, that's a shot for us. That's a hell of a shot for us. Um, but you got to have your North Star. So for me, yeah. it's, it's trying to get there because, and I think about it because I not for just the business, for the people and, and what it, it, what it can really do for them as well. So it, it would be a hundred million in, in yearly revenue, um, okay. would be our BHAG. Heck yeah. What? Okay. That'll love it. Question number five. This is our creative question. So have fun with it. If you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to the past and tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window, when would you go back and what would you tell your younger self? Um, wow, I love the question. So I would go back to when I really started to get into a management position probably about 10 years ago. Um, and I would say, you need. To, I'd slap myself with a humble stick and... <laughs> I would also turn around and say, stop talking and do more listening. Mm. And um, I say that because I thought I knew everything and I thought I knew the perfect way to do it. And between me and you and probably your audience now, I still kind of feel that way. But what I've learned is to channel that and change yeah. how I think about it. Ask around, make sure what I'm thinking is the right way or make sure that I'm getting the right information so that I can get the, the proper decision that way. So and be, be more humble. So it was one thing I got slapped with. I got, I got cocky when I was younger. Um, I knew I was different. I don't know how I, I wasn't there yeah. in my career yet, but I knew I was somewhat different. Yeah. And, um, I'll never forget an email. I fired off to somebody and they fired it back and said, if I ever see something like this in my inbox again, it will be the last time you were employed. Woo! And I was like, <laughs> Oh man. And you know, but it slapped me with the humble stick and yeah. it was something yeah. I, I was right. What I said was right. How I said it was terribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the kind of the maturity and the, the humbleness. If I would have baked that into that email, it would have been like, wow, that's great. Thanks for that. Thanks for the comment. And so it was just a matter of words. And so I have learned <laughs> one of the things I would say, go back and do is go through your emails. And as, I'm, as if you're writing an email and it has emotion, I actually do this now today. If it has emotion yeah. in it, just scrap the email, start over. Um, and start write it over again because you're not ready to you're not ready to actually talk about it to other people. You're, yes. you're channeling it inside, but you're not really ready to to talk about it. So and it should be the same emotion. thing with every social media post. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. So I stay Please. off of it because it's just just too much. <laughs> same, too charged. Uh, exactly. Awesome. Well, Brian, this has been super fascinating. It's clear to see why Zero Bounce has brought you in and why you guys have been successful. I know it's a team effort, but you guys are doing awesome stuff there. And I know I've learned a lot. I know our audience has learned a lot. So I want to just thank you again for taking your time to come on here and share vulnerably, share your wisdom, uh, and even share what you don't know, which was super refreshing. So thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, these questions, I love them because they also, I'm going to get off this call and just start thinking about things that you know, when I, when I sunk my, my hands on the, uh, from the boat, when I should have let go to, or told someone. <laughs> so I appreciate it as well. And thanks so much. I learned a lot. Yes, sir. 
founders. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.